This is exactly right. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. We read you your stories about woe and grief, heartache, grief and heartache and woe, and sometimes grandmas. (laughs) There you go. You know, that's for the turn. And sometimes it's sweet. Sometimes it's salty. Uh, You want to go first? Salty? Sure, sure. (laughs) Here's some salt for you. Oh, this is great. Okay. I'm not going to read you the subject line. It just says, hey, y'all, my great-great-grandmother Tilly was shot in the head twice and survived. (gasps) What? Now that's how you start a hometown. That's right. Tilly, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. In January of 1922, Tilly got off a streetcar and fainted into her son's arms. She had a bloody handkerchief held to her head, so he thought that she had been bludgeoned. He immediately took her to the hospital, and after doing an x-ray, they discovered that she'd been shot in the head not once, but twice. Fuck. The streetcar conductor nor the passengers helped Tilly. They claimed they didn't know anything was wrong with her. Some noticed that she was holding a bloody handkerchief over her mouth and nose, but they didn't think it was serious as she was relatively calm and was able to pay her fare without any issues. Tilly's son had no clue what happened, but suspected that his stepfather, Daniel, was behind it. Tilly and Daniel were estranged, hadn't lived together for years, and weren't on good terms. While Tilly was unconscious in the hospital, the news broke that they found Daniel's dead body. He'd also been shot in the head. They weren't sure if it was murder or suicide. Once Tilly started to improve, nobody told her about Daniel's death. She wouldn't tell anyone what happened to her and claimed she didn't see Daniel the night she got shot. A few days later, in the hopes of getting the full story, the authorities told Tilly that Daniel was shot, but that he was still alive and in critical condition. Hmm. Tilly confessed that she had written to Daniel asking for money to buy clothing for their young children. He agreed to meet with her. After she got off work, she met with him and asked for the money. He decided to shoot her instead. Unbeknownst to Tilly, he had then run into a nearby cottage and shot himself. (gasps) After Tilly was shot, she got on the streetcar and went home, where she was met by her son, who was waiting to walk her home. What the fuck? Tilly was 52 years old when this happened and ended up living to be 97. Wow. And then it says, what a badass survivor. 
I've been a longtime listener and love you gals so much. Thanks for letting me and so many others know that it's okay to not be okay and for giving us the courage to take care of ourselves. Stay sexy. And when people on the streetcar don't notice your double gunshot wound to the head, (laughs) fuck them and survive anyway. Okay, bye. Oh my God. Uh, And it's signed Becky Sheehy. Wow. Tilly. Tilly. That's the kind of story that it's like you maybe read about it. The idea that it's Becky's great, great grandmother. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. And then she lived to be 90. That's fucking wild. Yeah, she's like, look, I have some stuff to do. If you could stop interfering with my life, it would be great. Okay, this one's called, I Worked at a Haunted Mall. Mm. Perfect Christmas story, right? (laughs) Hello, ladies. I love the pod. You too, and all you advocate for. You've kept me company through many long commutes, and I appreciate that endlessly. But let's get into the story because it's wild. In summer 2023, so just recently, I started working for an upscale furniture store that was part of the mall. The mall has a history of creepy stories, but it's hard to imagine that when you're in a beautiful new showroom with expensive furniture and ambient lighting. Until it's nighttime. My first week, I was tasked with closing the shop. I was the only person working in a 30,000 square foot store. Yikes. No. Mm -hmm. And I triple checked that I locked all the doors on my way out. I locked up at 8 p.m. The next morning, I woke up to several missed calls from my manager telling me there was a break-in. I was confused and scared, and when I got into the store that day, I was prepared to be fired. Maybe I hadn't locked the doors? But this is where it gets weird. My manager told me the alarms went off at 2 a.m. for the side door where deliveries come in. The police arrived and called my manager, who drove to the mall. They searched the store. Nothing was taken. Nothing was moved. There's lots of expensive stuff and iPads, etc. that they could have taken, but not even a pillow was moved. Here's the thing. The cameras caught two men coming into the store, but once they walked through the hallway, the deliveries come in at the back of the store where a long hallway leads into a main store showroom. The cameras never see them again. It's like they disappeared and there was nowhere they could have went without camera detection. They came in, set off the alarms, but never, quote, left. No other doors were ever open and there's no footage of them leaving through the doors again. Mm Mm-mm. So did they just stay in the store? Naturally, I spent the entire next day at work walking around the showroom, checking behind and inside every piece of furniture. Sure, they were waiting somewhere. Nothing made sense. The police dropped this case almost immediately, and my manager didn't bring it up again. No one wanted to talk about it, and my coworkers didn't seem to really care. I couldn't stop thinking about it, though. However, a few weeks after the incident, a customer came in and asked me, what time do you close at night? I told him eight. When he replied, I was at the mall at nine a few days ago and saw two men sitting at the dining tables near the front window. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is my favorite. So I thought you were open later. I nearly vomited, was rightfully (laughs) so freaked out. Weird stuff kept happening, like lamps turning off or artwork falling. My manager quit a few weeks later, and I did too soon after. The pay was not enough to work in a ghost hideout. Thanks for all you do. Advocating for women. And always remember to get the fuck out if your workplace is haunted. Bye, Catherine. (laughs) Bye. Were they living in the rafters? That's what I was thinking. You know, that series Frogging, where it's like people that live in the walls of other people's houses. Oh, shit. It's like an advanced level squatting, essentially, because the people still live there. Oh, my God. And I mean, I think we've talked about this on the Minnesota already, but the fantasy of... 
living at the mall after it's closed sure. and using the showroom mm-hmm. as your using house. it as like your house. Yeah. So you're just like eating Panda Express at the really <laughs> nice dining room table. That's what I thought it was. But why would they do that when there's like still people there? Nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Why would they risk risk being seen and not just not wait until all the lights are out yeah. or whatever? Yeah, I guess that's true. So then they are ghosts, you're saying. Definitely ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts are real in your face like that. Yeah. They'll just sit there and have dinner in front of you (laughs) while you shop. Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account and it tells you that your password is incorrect? And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But... Scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payments payment details, and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that save time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. The Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com MFM. OnePassword.com slash MFM. Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a Happy price. Okay, the subject line of this email is reluctant hero dad and bonus treasure story. Admiration for all. For my whole life, my dad has been the quiet, stoic, bearded man who speaks when it's necessary and keeps his life private. Hey, (laughs) he often intimidated my high school friends, which only brought him a little bit of glee because really he is a lovely human. Years ago, while visiting my parents, I was being noisy looking through paperwork they left out on the table. Underneath a pile of junk mail, I found a plaque honoring my dad for his heroism. Confused, I asked him what in the world was this about? And he says, oh, nothing. When my mom intercedes, your father saved someone trapped under a car. (laughs) And then they say, what? Dad, that's a big deal. Having not gotten much more than my mom's explanation, I had to drop the subject until recently when I finally got the whole story. My dad worked for a company that laid pipes and did other roadside construction. He and his crew of three were working on a job on the country back roads of our small rural town when suddenly a car flies through a turn near the site, flips Mm. over, ejecting the driver from his window. Dad and his crew ran to the young man now trapped under his car. Jesus. They worked together, one calling the police, one keeping the man calm, and the others moving the equipment in preparation to lift the car off of him. Once the EMTs arrived and my dad working the backhoe slowly lifted the car, following the orders of the first responders who remained with the victim monitoring his vitals. 
He told me, they were in command. We just did what they told us. Once the young man was in the ambulance and on the way to the hospital, they found out that he was the brother of one of the EMTs. (gasps) Crazy. What the fuck? Each member of the crew that worked that day saved that young man's life. If they hadn't been working that day, he would have been stuck under his car until someone passed on that backcountry road. Mm. My dad and his crew were honored by the local fire department with a dinner and awarded plaques, which my dad has never placed anywhere for others to see. (laughs) He did now. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because my dad's job required him to dig in the earth, I figured he would have some good treasure stories. Besides the large collection of glass bottles he's kept, Hmm. there were a few stories worth telling. They found bones, thankfully no human ones, but they once found the skeleton of an entire horse. Jesus. Oh, they buried their beloved horse, Aww. and they're like, <laughs> raise sucks. it on up. Sorry, lady. There have been times <laughs> when they come across graveyards that were supposed to have been moved. My dad gets particularly upset when those incidents have happened. But his favorite find was an old wooden water pipeline from the 1800s that was still <gasps> functional. Holy shit. Wooden. Wooden. Pipes of made of wood. Pipes of wood. <laughs> That's very Little House on the Prairie. If this is read on the mini-sode, please remind everyone to slow down when driving through work zones. Mm. I promise you, all those people have someone who loves them at home. SSDGM, Delta. And then after Delta, it says in parentheses, yes, you can use my name. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rad name. Here's the last line. P.S. My dad's name is Mark. Yes. (laughs) Wow, that's a good one. We got treasure and hero dad. Like, what more does one need? So good. Just good feelings all the way around on that one, Delta. And you have one of the great names of our time. Truly. Wow. All right. Good one. You're on a roll. We're on a roll. Mm -hmm. I have a hot dog story from a hot dog driver. Mm. Can you explain what you think a hot dog driver is? Or is that something that's known and I just don't know what a hot dog driver is? It will make sense the minute I get into it. Great. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure. No, I wouldn't have known what a hot dog. Okay, good. I'm like, I'm from the country. We didn't have an ice cream man. We didn't get pizza delivered. We didn't have cable. Why isn't there a hot dog truck? (laughs) Didn't you know (laughs) they deliver hot dogs at seven o'clock every night to people in the city? Amazing. Okay, greetings, Karen, Georgia, and the Franktastic MFM team. Hey, if hot dog stories are what you want. Uh, have I got a meat treat for you? My first ever. It, it really is Christmas. <laughs> My first ever job out of college was driving the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Oh, hot dog driver. There we are. Hot dog driver. Thank you. <laughs> so obvious right. now. How did I cut the mustard for this job, you ask? Boo. <laughs> when I was a junior in college, I was contemplating what I would do after graduation when a magazine came in the mail. The cover had the shiny orange and yellow Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile <laughs> with two ladies about my age standing in front with huge smiles. Yeah, this is great. I don't know how they pick these people. Do you like who to drive it? What kind of person would want to? I would imagine it's whoever wins the great hot dog eating contest that they do every year. (laughs) Well, inside the magazine was an interview with the Wienermobile drivers, which I learned were called hot doggers. (laughs) They were recent college grads with marketing slash PR backgrounds. Mm hmm. They traveled around the country in a hot dog shaped car that is 26 feet long and says that's 60 regular hot dogs. Thank you for the (laughs) measurement that I can understand. (laughs) Stopping along the way to attend parades, events and hand out wiener whistles. 
I had found my calling. I read everything there was to read about the Wienermobile on the internet, which surprisingly wasn't that much back in 2008. Mm. I learned that hot doggers are obsessed with puns, so I used as many as I could in my resume. It worked because I got an interview. Nice. Or maybe I should say audition. I had to sing the Wiener song and the baloney song on camera. Yeah, you did. When you're in the <laughs> Oscar Mayer Corporation, you're gonna dance. That's right. After college graduation, I hit the road and traveled to 22 states in the giant hot dog. Great way to see the country, right? (laughs) I had to sign a contract that said I couldn't talk about it for seven years. But now that my waiting period is up, I can tell you how the sausage gets made. You gotta be fucking kidding me. There's a seven year NDA on that shit. Crazy shit must go down in that Wienermobile if that's the case. I don't know if I'm okay with a seven year NDA. It feels restrictive. To the hot doggers. It does. I got to be in some cool events, including four St. Patrick's Day parades in the Chicago area, the yes. world's largest brat fest in Madison, Wisconsin, several wiener dog races. Oh, my God. Highlight, right? Oh, that's smart. That's good marketing. Yeah. The NCAA Final Four, which was totally lost on me because go sports. But most days were spent standing outside of Walmart, handing out coupons, answering the same three questions hundreds of times each day. No kidding. Yeah. So here are the three questions. Where is my free hot dog? (laughs) Answer. We don't have hot dogs in the Wienermobile, but we have free wiener whistles, a sticker and a coupon. So shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) question does this thing really drive on the highway answer yes i drove it here from madison wisconsin myself side note some people didn't believe me that i drove it i guess they think you need a wiener to drive a wiener you do not nice i actually like that one (laughs) question how fast does it go answer it really hauls buns oh this is like (laughs) your worst nightmare i quickly discovered why wienermobile jobs only last a year even for a young energetic 22 year old me that shit was exhausting we traveled in groups of two and lived in hotels usually a new location each week the wienermobile was our only car so if we wanted to go out to dinner we had to take the big (laughs) weenie which would inevitably attract attention and we would have to answer more questions and hand out more whistles after standing in front of Walmart all day. You're never off the clock when you're a hot dogger. And good luck finding parking at the local Denny's or whatever, (laughs) right? You're just trying to be low-key, maybe meet some people in this town that you're in and you're just like, honk, honk, it's us, the hot dog girls. Oh my God. People ask me all the time if I would do it again and no thanks, I'll leave it for the youths. (laughs) But it was an amazing experience and I have some wonderful memories and the best ever fun fact. Stay sexy and keep an eye out for the Wienermobile on the hot dog highways. Amanda, <laughs> formerly known as Amanda Cheese. They have nicknames. Uh, it's great to know that inside information. Right? I feel honored to have learned that seven years after the NDA yeah. has, has been signed. Like so few people have probably done that in the world. That That's like a kind of special facts right and don't you want a hot dog whistle now absolutely why why don't i in la i think it's just like such a show business town that we don't get the hot dog mobile they're like oh they're too jaded they've seen it all untrue do you think they've trademarked hot dog whistles or can we have my favorite murder hot dog whistles (laughs) (laughs) i would imagine oscar meyer knows their business Mm -hmm. enough to have cornered the market on hot dog whistles fair enough they put in the work. We could do it like ours just don't have a bun. Right. <laughs> we just do it a slightly differently. Okay, ready for this one? Mm-hmm. It's actually similar. It says empty building, hidden nightmare. 
I've written a ton of times and assumed that I'm on a no-fly list and or too verbose. So now I'm just sending them in for the fun of it. (laughs) And that's the one we pick. (laughs) Take that as a lesson, everyone. Yeah, don't take things personally. And also don't never give up. Never give up. Those are your lessons for this emailer. Make up new stories. Not make up, but think of new stories. If you're on a no-fly list, you've conjured that probability in your mind, Mm -hmm. then as my therapist says, you have to also think of four other probabilities. Right. No-fly list, too verbose. You crossed my cousin, Julie, one time, (laughs) and I'll never forget it. And two more. Okay. After that perfect introduction, it says, welcome to my diary. For nearly 20 years, I worked as a crisis intervention counselor and child protection worker. The building we worked in was the city's first fire hall back when they used horses and was creepy as fuck even during the day. So it's almost like a bad version of the Edendale Grill. That's right. Edendale in Los Angeles is an old firehouse. It's rad. Oh, and now it's a bar restaurant that's like the greatest. Yeah. One particularly slow and dreary night, my coworker and I were watching scary movies. In the lull between the dialogue, we heard the muffled sound of a voice singing faintly. Mm. Knowing we were alone in the building and had been for hours, we jolted upright. Maybe it was the movie? Nope. Just a sing-songy voice over and over singing muffled words to a somewhat familiar tune. My coworker was a bit of a chicken, so he stayed by the phone as I bravely crept down the hall with a police radio in hand to use as a weapon towards what I assumed would be my death or demon possession. Mm. As I neared the dark, unused back office, the sound became louder. (gasps) Dry-mouthed, I flung open the door, turned on the lights, and cleared the room like I'd seen on every Law & Order. (laughs) Then it just says, nothing. Well, nothing except an old desk and a box beneath it Filled with old toys. Oh, dear. There was our culprit, an old Fisher-Price toy. One of the ones where you turn the dial, it sings a song to teach you about farms and shit, (laughs) playing old McDonald very, very slowly. So still so creepy. Even though, like, you know the culprit, it's still... The worst. Like, well, who turned it on? Right. So then they say, I grabbed it, pulled out the batteries, and threw it back in the box. Why were those batteries still working after all this time? Totally. I don't know how much time has passed. I'm just putting that on there. Okay. And then it says, I then backed away slowly just in case. You can't trust ghosts, right? Mm -hmm. For a long time, we laughed about our ridiculousness. It was our leading embarrassing story. Well, until the time we thought our office was under fire, but it was just pop cans exploding in the freezer. Oh, my God. Looking back, late nights, lack of sleep, and exorcist movies were not a great trio. Mm. Stay sexy and take the battery out of old toys. You'll save yourself a heart attack. And it's signed B, she heard them. Uh, I still am freaked out by that. Even though like, it's so explainable to me, it's still so like eerie that like, why? Yes. There's kind of no real reason it should have been happening if you're thinking those are like donated toys. But also I bet you B, after going through that, got a real boost of confidence because they actually were the ones that were brave and went and checked it out. Mm -hmm. And their partner... Some dude was like, I'll stay by the phone. Or it's like, you can stay by the phone. That's your choice. Yeah. But it's going to be your choice permanently. Right. This goes into the book of life. This goes right. into the final recording. So I'm going to go and you're going to stay here. You're not going to go with me. Okay. All right. That's your choice forever. Forever. Okay. My last one is short and stressful babysitting story. 
Hi, friends. And then parentheses, it says the murder ladies, as my husband calls you. Hi. Hi. You've been with me for so long and I love you both so much. On to the very quick story. You asked for babysitting stories and I think you'll enjoy the absolute horror of this one. I'm writing some background out in a bulleted list for impact. One, I was 11, all caps, years (laughs) old. Oh, no. Two, I was babysitting, all caps, twin preschoolers, all caps, and their one and a half year old baby sister. No. So that's 11. That's like more than her age. She's babysitting. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Three, I did this as a, quote, nanny for full days at a time that summer. Four, I made $5 an hour. (laughs) Five, they had the 90s glass Snapple bottles in the fridge, and that made every single time worth it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. To an 11-year-old, for sure. So good. To put this in perspective, I'm now a parent, and I have to pay one of our excellent babysitters $25 per hour. Times have certainly changed. So one day, I was asked to give the baby a bath, 11 years old. (sighs) I told these rambunctious boys to play in their room and ran the bathwater. Not too hot. How responsible. Then I naturally went to peek at the boys and see if they were still in the house. When, drumroll, toddler locked both the main door to the Jack and Jill bathroom (laughs) and the adjoining door (laughs) and pulled them shut. Oh, no. How? She was so small. You know what? Because she is the youngest. The intent is chaos at all times (laughs) when you're the youngest. I'll never, ever forget the moment I realized I was just a kid and had no business being in charge of the situation. With the water running in the bathroom, the fucking toddler stuck in there. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. It probably happened 15 years ago. I called my heroic stay-at-home dad, on the landline, of course, who was waiting at the ready for this type of emergency because she's 11. Because she's 11. He came over within about 20 seconds, magically picked the lock, and saved the damn day. Oh, fuck. He was always ready with a butterfly bandage, who needs stitches anyways, or a ride to school when any neighborhood kid missed the bus. Or this time to save the baby from the running water danger situation. Yeah. When any kid missed the bus. So good. That's so sweet. Stay sexy and all caps, call your dad. And then it says, <laughs> and don't leave the 11-year-old in charge. Love you all, B. No, B, I think that's probably never going to happen. I think we actually have evolved to the point where we're like, yeah, children shouldn't have adult jobs mm-hmm. that actually could have real impact yeah if anything goes wrong right and also the babysitter doesn't need to be babysat anymore like <laughs> they're at an age yeah. where it's like you don't pick someone can the babysitter fucking drive well then <laughs> yeah. maybe they're not the bargain that you think they are parent in 1989 i don't know who i'm yelling at right now. <laughs> insane Ugh. also home gym was a stay-at-home dad and he he was a very good parent because he had eight brothers and sisters oh, yeah. and like more than half were younger than him. So he had kind of got the training. Yeah. There's something very nice about a dad like that, like that idea that if you miss the bus, Mr. So-and-so will drive you to school and it's not a big deal. So sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. It's really nice. Tell us your stay-at-home dad stories or stay-at-home mom stories, whatever. Babysitting stories. Is it a story that if you're at a cocktail party and someone says like one word, you get excited because you're like, I got it. I got this one. Have I got a story for you? Have I got a story for you is actually Georgia's just renamed the minisodes after (laughs) eight years. (laughs) And having nothing to do with hometowns in at least five years. 
Now we have figured out what the name of this should be. Have I got a story for you? <laughs> Coming to exactly right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. If you celebrate, happy Christmas. Yes. And if you're just kind of chilling in the holiday season, happy holidays. We hope you're having a very nice, relaxing kind of like some sort of bonding, some sort of human connection style experience. Sure. Find one. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Or squirrel. Whatever's near you. <laughs> Squirrel's great. Dog. Dogs are good. <laughs> yeah. And also stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye, 2023. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Alejandra Keck. Our editor is Aristotle Acevedo. This episode was mixed by Liana Squalacci. Email your hometowns to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and on Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.